Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's time for Next Gen Friday. We are so excited about the future of our fellowship that we highlight the 40 and under pastors of CFM. We hope you are inspired by the deep bench of pastors and leaders coming up around the world. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Praise God. Amen. Thank you for that. Uh, Thank you for your faithfulness throughout the years. Amen. Uh, Truly indebted to... Uh, All of you, amen, as uh, Jonah just uh, mentioned, uh, I owe my ministry uh, to uh, the faithfulness of this congregation. I just got a phone call uh, this morning before church. Uh, We have a baby church out of Yucca in Union City, uh, Zenos and Brenda Abelos, a pastor there. Uh, Their father, uh, Pastor Fernando, he's on the overhead or on the uh, screen his wife, Socorro, are uh, missionaries uh, in Chile, uh, out of Yucca Valley. And so uh, for the last two years, uh, Chile's been under extreme lockdown. Actually, it's been almost three years now. They haven't been able to have one revival. You couldn't go in. They actually couldn't even leave. If they were to leave the country as American citizens, they wouldn't have allowed them back in. Uh, so I gave them the option. I said, what do you want to do? Do you want to come home? And uh, you know, and they knew if we, we, they left for their furlough, they wouldn't be back. They said, Pastor, we want to stay here until this lifts. And so that's all lifting. Uh, but I bring that up because uh, Pastor Zenos just returned from a revival. He was just there last week. Uh, had a lot of people saved, a lot of visitors. And uh, God's moving uh, in Chile, Al Valparaiso. There's two baby churches, one in Villa Alamana. Uh, one in Santiago, the capital of Chile. And so uh, believing God that even uh, here shortly, there'll be some more announcements of uh, uh, churches being planted uh, out of that work. And so continue to pray for Chile. Amen. Pastor Fernando, uh, that is direct fruit uh, from uh, an extension of fruit from uh, uh, Bullhead City. Amen. So uh, I thought you would be excited to, uh, to hear that. God's doing great things in Valparaiso. Amen. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter uh, number 10, if you'll turn there uh, with me in your Bibles, I uh, want to preach uh, the, tonight a sermon I've entitled uh, Princes on the Ground, Princes uh, on the Ground out of um, Ecclesiastes chapter number 10. Have you uh, ever taken time to consider our current world leaders? Uh, whatever country you choose to consider and you just kind of Look up their resume, whether that be Russia or, you know, any, any country. You uh, just take time to uh, evaluate our leaders, our presidents, our, you know, whatever they call themselves. Some will call them supreme leaders. Some will call them emperors. You know, some will say, I'm the chosen of God, you know. Uh, but all of these leaders that we have in very powerful positions uh, in the world, and you begin to consider their behavior, their character, uh, and then sometimes a question is asked, how did they get there? <laughs> Have you ever asked that before? You're like, well, how did you become the president? Or how did you become the leader of this country? And uh, this is actually as far back as you look into history. If you uh, like history and you read about 
uh, men or women that have uh, ruled over very powerful countries, uh, you'll find a common theme. And that's not just current affairs. It's not just the current day. But uh, what you'll find in men, you're going to find very few that actually uh, you would say, well, they did a good job. (laughs) You know, most of the time, uh, more than not, you find people in high places of position that are failing their countries. Uh, that are failing their people and are not really a good representation of the heartbeat of that country. Not preaching on politics tonight. But I want to preach of something that I believe is very profound. And Solomon saw this as one of the great leaders. And he was a man of God. And as well, as long as he was serving God and doing right, he served uh, the nation of Israel well. And when he turned into That which he defined in our text, the nation was split and divided. The nation was, uh, the the kingdom was taken from him, divided in half. So I want to preach Princes on the Ground, Ecclesiastes chapter number 10, verse number 7. The Bible says, I have seen servants on horses while princes walk on the ground like servants. Father, I'm asking you tonight, God, that you would anoint this word. I'm asking for an anointing. God, upon your word, God, that you would speak to your people. God, this congregation, I'm asking, God, that you would open our eyes, give us eyes to see. God, give us a revelation tonight. Speak to our hearts. God, a confidence in your word. God, we are making decisions tonight to faithfully serve you. We thank you for your faithfulness to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's consider first tonight a ruler's caprice. Uh, Caprice, a sudden or unaccounted change of mood or behavior. Uh, Do you know anybody like that? Don't elbow nobody tonight. Uh, But a caprice, a ruler's caprice, a person placed in a position of authority and the main characteristic of how they make judgments, how they make decisions, how they choose to manage or mismanage uh, is that of mood or behavior. As I've mentioned, when you read through history, many kingdoms have come and gone. Uh, Many civilizations have risen to a place of power and prestige, rulers of the entire known world with power and armies and resources, gold, piles of gold and silver and wealth, just a tremendous force in the earth, but they are gone. Their civilization is gone. Their name uh, almost completely erased from history. You can find there are civilizations that in their day and hour were magnificent and beautiful and full of splendor. Today, history has reduced them to a very small bit of information. They were temporal kingdoms. And the reason that their kingdom was temporal because... Oftentimes, of this exact issue, a ruler's caprice. See, man's wisdom has never sustained a kingdom ever. There has never been a kingdom here on this earth, a government or a democracy that has prevailed throughout the ages. Think about that. And all of the time, and that which man has experienced, there has never been a government There has never been a ruler, whether this is Israel or 
any of the kingdoms of the world of Babylon, the Egyptians, to a more modern a European, and on and on, as you consider the history all the way back to the beginning of man, you see that man always fails at government. How many times do we as people ask or desire things that are contrary to the wisdom of God? Like in the days of the Bible when the Israelites asked for a king and God replies to them, you have a king, I am your king. And in response to that, they said, no, we want an earthly king like the rest of the kingdoms of the world. And so God tells Samuel to warn the people, you really don't want this. For Samuel 8, 19, nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, no, but we want, uh, we will a king over us that we may also be like all the nations and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. See, this scripture gives their reasoning for wanting an earthly king. This gives us great insight to the brokenness of man's wisdoms. How many would agree that Jews are pretty smart people? Okay, you want to do a little, a nice little study, study all of the medical advancements that have come out of modern day Israel. The technology, you name it. The, you know, the Jewish people have incredible uh, understanding, knowledge. They are very, very smart. They are very good with money and they are, many of them are very rich. But smart can never account for the wisdom of God. And when you begin to think that you're smart, when you begin to think that you're wise in your own eyes, this is often a time of ruler's caprice. See, this can be scary. Because the Bible tells us that God gives the people what they want, even though it is contrary to his own wisdom. He warns them, he tells them, no, you don't want this. And remember, this is not... A wise man. This is not Solomon. This is not, you know, a collective council of men known to be wise. This is God. This is God in heaven. And He's telling the people through the prophet Samuel, you do not want an earthly king. And despite the wisdom of God, they say, yes, we do. And the Bible records that God gives them the desire of their heart. See, one of the great mysteries of life why would we ever ask from God things that he's spoken against? It's a great mystery in man. And you'll read many scriptures. You'll find many illustrations of man who is in their own uh, pursued desire, wanting things that God has said. No, this is not something I want to give you. Proverbs 20, verse 17, the Bible says, Bread gained by deceit is sweet to man. But afterward, his mouth will be filled with gravel. See, God tells us what's going to happen. History tells us what's going to happen. The Bible tells us what's going to happen. And yet we still choose to pursue the forbidden. Isn't that a mystery? 
Right? I mean, it's like the Bible, history, all of these uh, great resources of understanding, and yet somewhere we find place in our own hearts to say, yeah, 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 God, uh, uh, history of the Word of God, but this is what I want. It happens to be forbidden, but I'll choose that anyway. That's the caprice of man. That's man's kryptonite. A sudden and unaccountable change in mood or behavior or desire where you begin to desire something that God has told you no. Have you come to a conclusion that moods change? Have you lived long enough to see that your desires change? The desires that you have today aren't necessarily the desires that that you're going to have tomorrow or ten years down the road. You can literally desire things today that five years from now you no longer even want. And some of those things were forbidden by God. Imagine a world that changes with mood. You don't have to imagine. We live in one. (laughs) See, consequently... This spirit is very contagious. This is the spirit of earthly king, uh, kingdoms. This same spirit tries to work its way into our lives, in our homes, and in our churches. It almost sounds ridiculous in saying it, but the spirit of caprice. This mood change, this sudden, erratic, uh, you know, swift a change of understanding or desire. We would rather want that than say, you know what, I'm going to choose to believe what God has said. See, coming to places in life where the wisdom of God is nullified based upon mood. That's insane. Where the wisdom of God will be nullified. Where we will say, no, I know the Bible says that. I know my pastor says that. I know my friend from church or my brother or sister has said no. But see, this is something that I desire. This is something that I want. And the mystery of man is that we somehow find place to desire the forbidden even when it's contrary to all the resources in which God has given us for wisdom. See, in this world, servants ride horses. Now, what I mean by that, I know you say, well, Jesus said we all should be servants. But what Solomon is writing about and what he's saying is he's literally saying people of the lowest economic and the lowest understanding and the lowest amount of Wisdom and understanding, they're the ones that are given the high profiles here on earth. That's what he's writing about. He's not saying that like servants like Jesus defines them where they're serving people. He's talking about people that are servants in an economic realm because they have no desire to progress. And so Solomon, he's saying, uh, the servants uh, ride horses. They are the ones in power. They don't have the wisdom. They don't have the understanding of God. Uh, They don't uh, have man's best interest. They are not ruling to help the people. They are in it for themselves. You see all throughout the Bible, times and generations where the people in power have actually been positioned by the devil himself. Where hell is worked to position men or women in 
places of authority or power in an attempt to usurp the will of God, in an attempt to crush the gospel in its tracks, in an attempt to stop the flow of evangelism, the devil works through man's earthly kingdoms. Think of this. And herein lies the caprice of man's kingdom. Mordecai, sitting at the gate in poverty, Haman, the murderous killer, the emotional man, up and down, nervous, uncertain, insecure, killer, sitting in the high court. Consider the contrast. Haman has the power... And Mordecai, if you've studied his life, he's wise, he's full of understanding, he literally saves the nation of Israel through Esther, giving her wisdom. But here was a man that was displaced in life. He was basically a servant in man's eyes, but God used him as a prince to save a nation. What about Saul, the king that Israel asked for? He's at the end of his rule, he's mentally disturbed. He's all over the place. He's throwing spears. He's chasing David. He's killing people. And David, the chosen of God, is running, hiding in the mountains. Here is Saul, one that's ruling in absolute mental chaos. And David, the chosen of God, who would escalate the nation of Israel to a whole new level, is running away, hiding in caves. What about Elijah? He's hiding in the cave while Jezebel is boasting from the palace. Right? What is Jezebel doing in the place of power? Why does she have all the money, the influence, and the wealth? Why does she rule the kingdom? Why does she have all of that? And Elijah, the prophet, the man of God, God uses him to call down fire from heaven, a mighty prophet, great miracles. Why is Elijah in a cave and Jezebel's in the palace? What about Pontius Pilate at the time of Jesus? He's the governor. Proud of his army, proud of his place of power, ruling with authority. Uh, Jesus uh, being tortured and whipped uh, at a post, uh, ultimately hanging on a cross. Here is Pontius Pilate, do you not know that I rule over you? And yet here's Jesus, a man that is cast into and positioned as a thief, a murderer. Right? To die a murderer's death on a cross and to evaluate that situation and say, He's King of kings and Lord of lords. He's infinite wisdom and understanding. He has a heart of compassion. He is the greatest man to ever walk the planet. He's on the cross and Pontius Pilate sitting at the throne. Obviously, we know Caesar and on and on, but the contrast. So let's look secondly at exposing the spirit of caprice. Now, Isaiah 14, 12, the Bible says, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nation. So here the Bible has given us a snapshot of heaven, Lucifer. His name literally means bearer of light, held uh, one of the highest positions in heaven, a archangel, one uh, that ruled over many other legions uh, of angels and authority uh, in heaven. A go- How many understand heaven has a government? 
where God is, amen, king. Jesus Christ at the right hand, king of kings and lord of lords. And guess what? He was removed from his position. Lucifer was removed. The Bible says he was cast down. He was hurled down. And the question is why? It's not because God woke up one day with a bad, in a bad mood. It's not like, you know, you know, God said, well, you know, I, I get bored of you, Lucifer. You know, I'm, I'm tired of you. I want to put somebody else in your position. I'm going to cast you out. No. The reason that he was removed from his position is because he tried to usurp the throne of God. And God says, not in my kingdom. See, the Bible reveals that God rules in righteousness. God does not rule by caprice or mood or behavior or anything. You know, let me tell you, the kingdom of God, heaven, is designed and governed by righteousness and truth. And God's supreme says, Lucifer, no. You try that stuff up here and you're out of here, buddy. And that's exactly what happened. See, he removed Lucifer from his position for the sake of righteousness, because it was true, because it was right, because it was exact righteousness being enforced even in heaven. You know, this was the largest ever recorded reversal in rank. I don't think you'll ever get a greater reversal of rank in all of eternity. He went from being... Archangel, I mean, you got you in heaven, you got you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and and you know, and, and and now you're right, right there at the top of rank, archangels. And God says, I don't care how high your authority is here in heaven. You try to usurp the throne, and you're going to be hurled down. And the Bible literally says that He was hurled down to the bottom of the bottomless pit, the lowest place you can go. That's what I call great highs to very. Lowest of lows. That's what I call from first to last. Lucifer goes from being the top-ranked angel of heaven to being positioned by God as the lowest depth of the pit. Isaiah 14, 13, For you have said in your heart, I will send into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the congregation furthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet you shall be brought down to Shaul, to the lowest depths of the pit. You think you're going to be high. You think that you're going to rule and sit at the top rank of the congregation. And God says, no, righteousness does not make decisions based upon that. You're actually going to be put at the lowest place of the pit of hell. See, the devil himself bought into the very same lie and deception that I'm bringing to your attention tonight. He thought that he could still win contrary to the wisdom, to the righteousness of God. He knew how heaven worked. He understood righteousness. He understood who God was. And yet somehow in his free will, he made a decision that I can usurp God. And righteousness prevailed. Can I tell you tonight, if you want peace in your life, if you want peace in your home, peace in the church, order your life according to that which never changes. 
Make decisions about life, your future, your destiny based upon the Word of God. For in this your life begins to take on the same order as heaven itself. Help me understand, we have been called by God to take dominion in earth and to establish the kingdom of God here upon earth. How many have heard and read those scriptures in the Word of God? And so to order earth as in heaven, we must align our lives. This begins with ourselves personally, our homes, our marriages, our realm of influence. And we say, you know what? Yes, I'm going to abide by the laws. Yes, I'm going to stop at the red lights and I'm going to go when it turns green. That's a good... I'm really a a law-abiding citizen when it comes to that. Yes, I will live according to the rules of the land, but see, my life is going to be ordered by the Word of God. What robs you of your joy? What has taken your peace, your integrity? See, God has given you the power to knock off these spirits, these workers of iniquity, demonic powers that come and try to rule and reign in your life. And I tell you tonight, you need to dethrone the usurpers of your life. It can't be anger. It can't be jealousy. It can't be envy. It can't, I mean, all of these spirits, they will come. They will try to influence and work through your emotions and the way that you feel and the mood that you're in. Or like they say today, the vibe. And try to reorder and restructure your life to be as the world in caprice rather than the wisdom of God. So let's close and let's look at princes on the ground. See, God has called us to have dominion here on earth. This again begins as we gain dominion in our own lives. Dominion is gained as we order our lives, our desires, and our behavior according to the wisdom of God, according to the righteousness of God. Psalms 8, 4-6, through What is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels and have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of his hands. You have put all things under his feet. Did you hear that scripture tonight? That's about dominion. That's about how we are to order our lives. That is how we are to live. We are placed on earth by God. Jesus has placed us here on earth and given us dominion to rule. It's not necessarily done from a position of wealth. If I have more money, I could rule better. I could have greater influence. Look at the people who have wealth and look how they use it to influence the world. Very few use wealth for righteousness. Or the pride or the fame, worldly power. Uh, you know, we say, well, if I was just, uh, you know, governor, if I was mayor, you know, and I do when, you know, when it comes uh, time to vote and all of these things, I vote, I pray, I say, God, uh, give us the best of the two that we're working with. <laughs> but see, the gospel was never designed to change men's hearts through men's governments. See, the kingdom of God is a kingdom independent of itself. 
It is not one that needs a government. And yes, thank God for the United States of America, the best country in the world. I love America. You know, all you got to do is go live in another country and then you will be grateful. You will come home and kiss the dirt in Bullhead City and say, thank God for America. Amen. It's true. America's awesome. But you know, it's not the kingdom of God. So we're not called to live by moods, by trends, passing fads of this world, but to live our lives according to truth. Decision to live and to obey the truth enable us to have personal dominion in our lives, in our homes, and in our church. Truth primarily today is ignored. It's pushed to the side. But understand, this world always gets it wrong. It always says, oh, you don't need God. You don't need the Word of God. You don't need that. You just, you know, come follow us. We'll show you how to. We'll we'll teach you how to be good parents. Right? The government wants to teach us how to be good parents. Teach us how to raise our kids. Teach us what. Dear Lord God, help us. See, it is the truth at the end that triumphs over all that is in this world. Can I tell you tonight that as a Christian, God is preparing you right now for heaven? You know, it's very easy that when you live and all you know is man's governments, you know, and if you read about history in other countries, you learn a little bit more. But most of us, we think, you know, the whole world is American. The whole world lives by the Constitution. Doesn't. Okay? Doesn't. And I might blow your mind, but let me tell you, heaven is not like America. And so what we begin to do is we begin to think, well, you know, if I can position myself here in this world at this certain level, then I'm automatically guaranteed that position at least in heaven. If I can, you know, then there's ways in this world, man, you can get what you don't deserve. Right? (laughs) Right? You, you can do things in this world, position yourself in ways and achieve things in this world and get to certain places of status and recognition among people that God looks at it and says, well, proud to be an American, but heaven's a different citizenship. Right? And God tests our hearts in this world. Heaven awaits. And it's there where the reward comes. It's there when you will truly be evaluated according to merit and not caprice. God is going to say, what did you do while you were on earth? How did you live? How did you govern your home? How did you govern this? And how did you establish dominion in the sphere of influence that I gave you here on earth? How well did you do there? Because that is going to determine your position. And God makes decisions on righteousness. You're not going to be like, oh God, let's be buddies. You know, or or my personality on earth. You know, none of that is going to, it's all going to wash. It's not like God says, oh, I like you. You you know, your personality or I like the way. No, can I tell you, it's all based on righteousness. That is uh, what matters. That is who God is. That is the government uh, of heaven. And so when God looks at your life, when God looks at how you live here on earth, when we can get away with things and think that we're getting away, God says, no. 
Righteousness, the word of God. I watch how you live in a broken world. And that's going to determine who I can trust in a perfect kingdom. Heaven is going to be a great revealer. That's why I titled my sermon Princes on the Ground. Because there's people here tonight, you're a prince on the ground. But you're going to be a ruler in heaven. Amen. Well, I don't have all this that the earth says and offers and says I but see, being honoring, honoring God and being righteous in this life will not go unnoticed by God. Princes on the ground in, in this earth, you're saying, well, I didn't have this high profile, I didn't have this, and I was there, and I didn't sit at that place, and I didn't have... But God says, you were faithful with what I have called you to do. Amen. Heaven's going to be a great revealer. Be assured that God rewards Accordingly, meaning that God is watching and recording our life and based upon righteousness, standing before God, God's going to say, this is what you did on earth. This is where you're going to be in heaven. You think we're all going to be equal in heaven? Everybody gets the same trophy, you know, like today, you know, you could get last place in Little League and get the same size trophy as everybody else. You think that's what heaven is? You know, I made it. You know, I, I love the joke. It's probably my favorite joke my dad's ever told me. You may have heard this already, but it just has stuck. My dad says, I'm going to get to heaven. I'm going to have this crown of jewels. He's joking, of course, you know. My dad says, I get to heaven. I'm going to have this crown of jewels and all these jewels. And you're going to get to heaven. You're going to have a bandana that says, barely made it. <laughs> I love that joke. Keep you humble, you know what I mean? But be assured, God rewards accordingly. You will receive your full reward. Philippians 2.14, do all things without complaining or disputing. That you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. You know, this this is right on the money here. Among whom you shine as light in this world, holding fast the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Let's bow our heads tonight. Princes on the ground. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three. Premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four. Our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. 
this is the best reason to subscribe, because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.